Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it again in another uh, series, if you would, on the Lutheran faith. Uh, I'm, As I mentioned in Friday's episode, I'm going to kind of deviate from calling these bonus episodes because we're really doing some deep dives into the Lutheran faith. And we read through all of the articles of the Augsburg Confession and now we're going through the apology of the Augsburg Confession, which uh, hopefully will keep us kind of focused on the premise and purpose behind this. Now, this is not like an apology where they are saying we are sorry for this, but it's more of an explanation of like, okay, how do we detailly tell you this? And that's not even a word, but I'm going to use it anyways. How do we give you all of the articles that we just described to you in the Augsburg Confession and, and, and give you additional content, context, and premise around it. And so that's what the apology really uh, is. And that's why it is longer and more in-depth than the actual uh, confession itself is. And so there's just a lot that we should be understanding when it comes to uh Digging into this particular piece of literature, uh, this understanding of the Lutheran faith and found in the Book of Concord. Um, and as I would mentioned in a couple previous episodes, we're going to work through these kind of at a high level view. There is a lot of material in these. And as I would mentioned last week, some of these articles are really uh, long with 200, 300 plus statements made in each um in each article that they're uh, working on. So we will kind of high level view and hit a few of these pieces and talk about them a little bit. Um, but I always encourage you to go out and actually read what is written here. And you can do so through the book of Concord, which is online and you can get it free or you can go even you know deeper and actually buy the book of Concord, which I have a physical copy as well as a digital copy. Um, I have yet to read the entire book of Concord myself, but doing this has allowed me to get into some of the finer nooks and crannies that I have yet to get to. And, and I hope that in the massive book, uh, 
I can help to articulate and um, the the Lutheran faith for you to be able to understand on, on a little bit more of a simpler platform. Uh, and and I hope that through this series, it it's more. Um, it's I don't want to say the word conducive, but I, I want to I want this to uh, be a series that people can go to and listen to and understand the Lutheran faith and not by what they read on the Christian blog sites or what they see in the news by the ELCA and all that other stuff. I want this to be okay. If you're in a, if you call yourself a confessional Lutheran, if you say you follow the teachings of Martin Luther and Philip Melanchthon and so on, then how does that formulate into your confession? How can you, uh, articulate the confession of a Lutheran. And so that's what I'm trying to do on this show is to articulate that and, and demonstrate to the people uh, all the misconceptions around uh, the Lutheran faith. In that, uh, we will have separate episodes around the sacraments, so we're not going to get into them on the uh, conf- on the you know the, the the apology series that we're in right now. We're not going to dig into those articles because uh, they have one on baptism and then the Holy Supper. Uh, they're not long. There's four statements in the Holy Supper and three in baptism, but uh, without really providing immense amounts of context and understanding. Uh, they kind of don't, they're not really easy to articulate. You're going to read this and you're going to be like, I don't really, I don't see where it's coming at. Now they do a good job at explaining their position. But again, if we're just kind of going through each article, we don't have the full context surrounding the sacrament. So I want to do an episode dedicated solely uh, to those two things. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we are going to be covering today. Again, working through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. We are going to begin with confession. Um, Ten statements are made on this particular article, so we won't read all ten because they're long. Uh, But we're going to look at uh, confession and then penitence and the number and use of sacraments. That uh, will probably be included in the episode on the sacraments. But then we're going to look into ecclesiastical order, human traditions of the church, political order, so on and so forth. And we'll just kind of see where time gives us in terms of can we make it through all of this uh, in, in you know roughly 30 some minutes. So if you are looking for ad free content, uh, ad free shows, early release shows, bonus shows, join us on Patreon. And you can get in for a dollar a month or you can get a discount if you pay your whole year up front. And it's like 10 bucks and some change for an entire year. I mean, $10 and you get a year's worth of content, I think is a really good trade off. And you can do um, you get early episodes, you get sermon notes, you get school workings and articles that I write for my seminary. You get uh, bonus episodes, which we're doing a video series on Hosea right now, and you can get um, the Bible studies that we do bi-weekly, you got a lot of material that you can pick from, and we are actively working through a lot of scripture in different points. So for a dollar a month, or you can pay for your whole year up front, or you can give more depending on what you want, uh, come join us and you'll get all sorts of additional bonus content, plus access to our discord server where we are continuously producing content there. So let's begin uh, today with our um, dive into 
the apology. So last week we worked on the first five articles. That was God, original sin, Christ, justification, uh, and the church. Again, there, uh, especially on justification, there's almost, I think there's like 300 statements uh, in that, and there's a lot of subcategories in this, so we didn't dive into it too deep, uh, but uh, we will be looking at, you know, some of these a little bit closer, and some of them will probably be high level, like the penitence one is 178 statements long, so we won't dig into that one too deep. Um, and then some will be left for later to uh, address as the sacraments are. So let's look at, this is article uh, 11, and this is a confession. Again, they don't have to articulate each um, article from the Augsburg, but the numbers meet or match the article from the Augsburg. So article 11 uh, in the... Uh, Confession is actually is is actually confession, and so they match and mirror one another, and uh, so you'll see repentance as being two, and then this uh, penitence, which is repentance, uh, we'll see is Article Twelve, and so on and so forth. So they don't. There's not an apology for each article, but it's an but the article numbering. And the apology is the same when it is describing or talking about a, an article from the uh, Augsburg Confession. So on confession, again, uh, 10 statements given, but let's read a couple here. They say they approve the 11th article on retaining absolution in the church. But on confession, they add the correction that the regulation should be observed, that confession should be made annually, and that even though all sins are to be enamored, one should tr diligently try to recall them and to enumerate those one does recall. On this whole issue, we shall speak more fully a little later when we explain the whole teaching on repentance. And again, that's a long article. So uh, essentially what was happening in the Roman Catholic Church and why this article is present in the Augsburg Confession is the Roman Catholic Church required you to make penance or you would have to come and do confessions and you would sit in a booth next to a priest and you would offer your sins up to the priest. The priest would give you, you know, do uh, 30 Hail Marys and, uh, you know, pay 20 bucks or whatever. I mean, they would give you some some ridiculous statements and none of that stuff actually earned you the forgiveness of sin. It is only by belief in Jesus Christ to, that we have that. So when we get into the confession aspect, it's not that we as Lutherans do away with confession. In fact, we, we, we try to correct the Roman Catholic teaching on it. And we say that it is right and good for the church to offer confession. In fact, if you go into many Lutheran churches... Uh, good biblical Lutheran churches, not ELCA, but maybe in some of those two that are not too far to the left. Uh, if you go into any Lutheran church, you'll find a liturgical structure very similar. And most of those churches will open with a brief order of confession and absolution. And so they utilize either the Lutheran Book of Worship or they'll utilize like uh, we have a website called Sola Publishing and uh, they've got templates and things like that there. 
So you can utilize these as a brief order confession. And basically what it does is in the church, it asserts uh, the fact that the congregation is, is announcing that they are sinners. And then we pause for a moment and then I give them the absolution. And in that pause, it's designed for the person in the pew to offer up their sins to God. And then they hear the promise that because of my position, I can relay to them without apology, understanding my position as a priest or a pastor, and I can declare to them through the power of Jesus Christ, their sins are forgiven. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my ability to do anything. It is solely me articulating what God has already done for them. It's providing them a promise. It's giving them a reminder that their sins are forgiven. In fact, I use this kind of construct, if you would, in my sermon on Sunday where I opened with, why do we do the brief order confession? And and I kind of tabored it to this idea that if I were just to uh, open with the brief order confession and you just announce your sins, but you have no absolution to those sins, you would have no forgiveness of those sins, it would feel pretty awkward for those in the pew. You would say, oh, I'm a sinner. I've committed X, Y, and Z. I've done these things. Hear my cries, O Lord. Forgive me of my transgressions. And and if I don't come back and say God does forgive you, you're going to be left there out out to dry. And so I, I use that and kind of paired that into my sermon on Joseph and his brothers. When Joseph comes uh, to his brothers in Egypt as his brothers are seeking food and and uh, they, Joseph declares to them, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold into slavery. And I can only imagine the awkwardness that fell upon his brothers. They obviously must be thinking he's pulling a fast one over them. But the brief order of confession is crucial because it doesn't, it doesn't keep the person in their sin. It brings them to a point at the cross where they can say, because of the sacrifice that Jesus did, their sins are forgiven. And because of the position that I've been granted and called by from my church, I can relay that promise to them. And I have that authority to do so. Again, it's not by any power of the priest or pastor. Now, in the Roman Catholic Church, it was firmly believed that you, as a pastor or a priest, had the ability to forgive sin or not forgive sin. And, and rightly so, I, I we have that. But it was solely by the authority of the pastor, not by the authority of Jesus Christ. So, and this was an interesting little side note. When I was looking at uh, conversations with a Lutheran seminary uh, in South Carolina, the conversation came back to essentially binding and loosening sin. And the campus pastor was trying to argue or debate with me on the construct of the pastor having the ability to loosen some sins and tighten others. And I said, no, the pastor's duty is that we name all of sin. We are to, we are to address sin as it is. We are to name sin as it is. We, we don't have the authority to say what is or isn't sin. If we can say scripture says this is sin, then it is sin. It does not matter by cultural uh, relevance. It doesn't matter how our feelings are impacted. If God says it's a sin, then it's a sin. And in fact, anything that takes us away from the righteousness of God would then be declared sinful. 
but we don't have the ability to declare whether act A or B is sinful or not sinful. We relay what the text tells us, and we give that promise to the congregation. So that is what the the construct of confession is now like in the Lutheran church. We open our service announcing that we are sinners, and then they are given the promise that their sins have been forgiven. So when we move into uh, the repentance uh, in the 12th article, they approve the first part where we explain that those who have fallen after baptism can obtain forgiveness of sins whenever and as often as they are converted. They condemn the second part, though, in which we say that contrition through contrition and faith are parts of penitence, and they deny that faith is the second part of the penitence. And and what shall we do here, O Charles, most invincible emperor? This is the very voice of the gospel, and that by faith we obtain forgiveness of sins. The voice of the gospel; these writers of the confrontation condemn, and therefore. We are in no way to argue the con- to the confrontation. We cannot condemn the voice of the gospel so exceedingly salutary and full of the consolation. If we deny that by faith we obtain forgiveness of sins, what is this that w- but to insult the blood and death of Christ? And so this is the uh, uh, opening assertment given here on uh, on the topic of repentance. Uh, and again, it, it digs into some deeper teachings. There's uh, 178 uh, statements made in this. Um, and it's really driven to the understanding of how a Christian should live one's life. And honestly, there's probably a good formula for reading through this on, a, on its own episode. So maybe... Uh, after we do the sacraments, we'll actually come back and dive into this uh, confession a little bit deeper in hopes that we can uh, articulate what it means to truly be a Christian and uh, live in accordance to the scriptures. So moving on to the next uh, article, this is article 13. Um, This is the numbered use of sacraments. So this is, again, something that we're going to be utilizing when we get to that episode. But uh, as Christians, and as more importantly as Lutherans, there's uh, two identified sacraments in Scripture. That's the Lord's Supper and baptism. We do not see baptism as a means of obedience. It is a sacrament. And in that, we could even argue that the absolution and uh, conf- the confession and absolution would be a sacrament because it's um, giving God's promise to one, but it it uh, does not have the element of uh, an item such as the Lord's Supper, which is present in the bread and wine. And so you've got an element being administered to somebody, being given to somebody with God's promise placed in it. Uh, same thing with baptism. Baptism has the water and the water is the means and the element by which the faith of God's word is given to the person being baptized. With the brief order confession and absolution, it's kind of like half of that. I mean, we're, we're giving God's promise, but we don't have a tangible element to give in that. But they, they say this, we define sacraments as rites which have been commanded of God and to which the promise of grace has been added. 
We can easily determine which are sacraments in this strict sense. By this definition, rites instituted by men are not sacraments, and in the strict sense, since men do not have the authority of the promised grace. Hence, signs instituted without God's command are not sure signs of grace, even though they may instruct or admonish the simple folk. The genuine sacraments, therefore, are baptism in the Lord's Supper and absolution, which is the sacrament of penitence. For these rites have been commanded of God and the promise of grace, which are in the heart of the New Testament. When we are baptized, when we eat of the Lord's Supper, when we have been, when we are absolved, our hearts would firmly believe that God really forgives us for Christ's sake. And so they argue and, and include the absolution in this. Um, I'm more or less, I'm kind of loose in my, in my interpretation on the uh, absolution being a confirmed third sacrament. Uh, but I can see the argument and I respect the argument. And I, so I kind of, I'm kind of like halfway there, if you would. Uh, ecclesiastical order. This is the next one. This is uh, Article 14 uh, with the provision that we employ canonical ordination. They accept this article where we say that one should not be allowed to administer the word and the sacraments in the office unless he is duly called. On this matter, we have given frequent testimony in the assembly to our deep desire to maintain church uh, polity and various ranks of the ecclesiastical hierarchy. Although they are created by human authority, we know that the fathers had good and useful reasons for instituting ecclesiastical discipline in order to, in the manner to describe by the ancient canons. We're going to pause here for a quick commercial break, and then we will be back to finish out some, the next handful of articles. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, so we are back and we're looking at the ecclesiastical order. Again, this is one that digs into the, uh, the element by which God calls men into the office of pastor. And the Lutheran position is, is, is probably going to be a little bit more different than the Reformed faith uh, in the framework that you are not called by something internal or some sort of desire that you may have but you're called because of an external call. And by that, I mean, uh, and I'll speak from my own experience. Um, when I started digging into theology and I developed that thirst for God's word, I had people around me, my uh, former pastor and some family members telling me, boy, you really seem to understand this really well. Maybe you should become a pastor. And that, that, those phrases and those words kept coming back to me over and over again. And finally I listened and took the call that was external and went into seminary. And then uh, the call was again, external when my church that I'm currently pastoring at called me to come and be their pastor. So the call was solely external. And I would always argue that most people would probably not just give up their job that they had wherever they are. I was in corporate America and IT and then go into the office of pastor. You're taking it's a drastic life change and it's a refocusing of one's life and it's not one that's done lightly. And so the call must be external, whereas I, I think in the Reformed faith, it, it kind of has a duality, if you would, it's external and internal. If you feel like you're called, uh, then you should see if there's any external uh, calling to that. Oh, I have a desire to read scripture. I love the Bible. I love God's word. I should be a pastor. Okay, well, who's telling me that? Then they go and look outward. Uh, so it begins internal and goes external. Whereas Lutherans, we look at it to be external. And then uh, we look at it to be essentially internal because and really, in the in the long scheme, it's all external. It's all something outside of us. And that's, again, the beauty of assurance where we place our comfort and our hopes in, uh, the, in the cross and the work of Christ and not in our own doing. So there's, again, more that could be said on this. And we can do, again, entire episodes on each of these topics. And we could probably do extensive series on each of these topics. But just high-level view is sufficient i believe for now and if again if you guys want to go deeper on some of these please message me uh hit me up on email my email's in the show notes and tell me what you like to see and hear and we'll dig into that further so the next article we have is article 15 and it is the human traditions uh in the church this is one that's got uh, uh a little bit longer to it again 52 statements um, but uh, let's see what they say in just the first few statements. Uh, the In the Article 15, they accept the first part. Again, these are those who came against uh, the writers of the Augsburg Confession. These are those who wrote the Confutation, uh, where we say that we should uh, observe those ecclesiastical rites which have been observed without sin and which are conducive to tranquility and good order of the church. They completely condemn the second part, 
where we say that human traditions instituted to appease God, to merit grace, and to make satisfaction for sin are contrary to the gospel. Although we have discussed traditions at length in previous articles of the Confession, we must repeat a few things here. We expect our opponents to defend human traditions on other grounds. We do not think that they would actually condemn the doctrine that that we do not merit grace or the forgiveness of sins by the observation uh, of human traditions. Now that they have condemned this doctrine, we have an easy and simple case. Here, our opponents are openly Judaizing. They are openly replacing the gospel with the doctrines of demons. Scripture calls these traditions the doctrines of demons in 1 Timothy 4.1. When someone teaches that religious rites are helpful in in gaining grace and the forgiveness of sin, this obscures the gospel, the blessings of Christ, and the righteousness of faith. And then again, it goes on for another handful of statements but it really what we can summarize it to be is the fact that lutherans don't hold to the fact that any sort of church calendar or feast or uh, a certain event is going to earn us any sort of grace or the forgiveness of sin all of that is done for us already on the cross it is not and you could call this uh these types of things adiaphora which is uh, it, it doesn't really matter, and it's debatable topics. And for instance, the color of the carpet of the church. Who cares? It's debatable. Who cares if it's green, red, blue, gray, purple? Doesn't matter. Doesn't take away from the means of grace that are being distributed in the church. Same thing with like uh, on Reformation Sunday. We have um, we generally celebrate Harvest Festival because it's now when all the farmers are finally back in from you know, pulling the crop out of the ground and we have a big little show put on by the children. And then we have a long service and then we have a big potluck uh, afterwards. These are things that are not to earn us more grace or merit. It is just something that we do as a church as a tradition. And we understand that this is just a tradition. It has nothing to do with earning merits of grace or forgiveness of sin. And again, so much more can be said on these uh, topics, but let's continue. We've got a handful of minutes left, and let's see if we can get through another article or two here. We've got uh, next up uh, is the Christ's return to judgment. Again, we extensively did a deep dive into eschatology on uh, this show in previous episodes going back to 2020 and all through 2021. So go back and look at those episodes. We did an extensive dive into the book of Revelation, and we surveyed a lot of scripture looking at various topics. Uh, So we won't dig into that. Uh, The next article is Article 18, and this is Free Will. Uh, This, again, is not a long one. Ten statements, so let's read a couple. It says, uh, our opponents accept the article on free will, but they add several proofs which are hardly acceptable in this manner. They also add a caution, least too much be conceded to free will, as in uh, Pelagianism, or in the liberty uh, be denied it, as in uh, Manichaeism. Well and good, but what is the difference between the Pelagians and our opponents, since both believe that without the Holy Spirit, man can love God and perform the quote-unquote essence of the acts required by his commandments, and that without the Holy Spirit, man can merit uh, grace and justification by works and reason produces on his own. 
So again, free will is a, a pretty hotly contested topic uh, in this time period. How how much uh, free will does man have, and does that free will equate to earning salvation with God? And there's semi-Pelagianism, which allows us to say that uh, God does some of the work, and then we do a little bit of the work, and then God meets us halfway. Or uh, by some of the acts and behaviors that we uh, contribute or demonstrate, then God would recognize that and offer us uh, salvation. But even self uh, or, or whether it's Pelagianism or, or, you know, half Pelagianism or whatever it may be, all of it is heresy. It doesn't matter about our behaviors. It, they don't earn us merit. It doesn't matter. It, it's not that God is looking down the tunnel of time and seeing who's going to behave and obey his commandments. All of that is is pointless in, in this debate. And so we say that we have free will, in the act that we can live our lives and do what we choose to do, we can work where we want, we can choose what clothes to wear, we can choose what foods to eat and you know, and what to say to people, but when it comes to the matters of God, we have no free will. We have no ability to stand before God and demand justification based upon our actions. So let's uh, take a look at one more here, the cause of sin. This is a short one statement. Um, the opponents accept this article. This is 19, where we confess that God alone has established all nature and preserves everything that exists. Nevertheless, the cause of sin is the will of the devil and of man turning away from God. As Christ has said about the devil in John 8, 44, when he lies, he speaks according to his own nature. So that's going to conclude this little journey. We went through these last handful of articles uh, we will pick up next week and finish out the apology. We're going to look at uh, articles 20 through 28. So we'll look at good works, the invocation of the saints, the Lord's Supper under both kinds. We'll probably glance through that quickly. The marriage of the priest, the mass, and the monastic vows, and ecclesiastical power. So a lot of very similar things which we just covered. So we'll move through that quick. And then we'll start looking at some commentary on some of the more contested articles in hopes that we can explain them in a little bit better clarity. And uh, then we'll move on to the small called articles. And then we'll kind of spend a week or so on the large and small catechism from Luther. Uh, and then depending on how we, we feel we can do, um, there's the formula of Concord, which uh, details in, in two parts, the epitone and the solid declaration. Uh, we can dig into um these as well. So I, I'm pretty open to doing just about anything to help articulate the Lutheran faith and help to clear up uh, misunderstandings and misconceptions and hopes that this is edifying and educational for you. And as we work through this, understand that, you know, I'm actively learning alongside with you in a lot of this. I have just been privileged to have gone through a class where I spent, you know, 15 weeks getting my my butt kicked on Lutheran confessions and what it means to confess as a Lutheran. And so I did an extensive dive into this material, but it's not exhaustive. And, and, and even this show isn't exhaustive. That's why I tell you at the early on of the show, go and read the book of Concord. If you uh, want further understandings of it, this is a high level walkthrough in hopes that we can articulate the Lutheran faith. 
And with that said, we're going to wrap. We'll be back Friday with our outline of the book of Job. And uh, then we'll move on to the next wisdom books that we are going to look at. We're only going to spend a couple of weeks on each of these remaining three uh, because they are longer and more in-depth. But I think we did a fairly good job walking through the outline of Job and kind of highlighting a lot of the uh, the the premise to it without going verse by verse through it. So that'll be today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. God bless. We will see everybody on Friday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.